Are you interested in learning skills to tackle a specific problem in your school, district, or local union? Consider applying for an OEA Empowerment Academy to receive the support you need to take action. Details at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 8, we're all in this together with Beth Aidlaw. Hello. Welcome to Season 8 of our OEA Grow podcast, where we're focusing on connections that educators can use for support in their efforts towards student success. I'm your host, Beth Aidlott, and today we welcome Mindy Welsh, a second-year student in the Master's Program in Education at Southern Oregon University in Ashland. Uh, Mindy will talk to us today about the transitions between pedagogical theory in the School of Education classroom and pedagogical practice in the K-12 classroom. So um, as we begin our conversation, Mindy, uh, will you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to the field of education? Nice to be here. Thank you, Beth. Um, Well, such a long story, but I'll I'll try to condense it a little. (laughs) Um, First about myself, I am a local Southern Oregon. I am a native here. I was born and raised, and my um, family's been here for about four generations, so I'm very, very fond of the area. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, and um, I am also uh, a non-traditional college student. Um, I started off um, my college journey in my 30s, my early 30s. And prior to that, I had been um, kind of a troubled child. Um, I actually think I was quite bright, but I was um, quite disruptive. And so I ended up leaving the public school setting in eighth grade. And um, interesting enough, when I turned 18, I was granted a job in um the critical care ICU at our local hospital. So the teachers didn't deem me quite good enough to be in class, but I was given <laughs> responsibility of others' lives at a, quite a young age. And so that job really was transformative for me. And I, at 18, was given responsibility and respect and treated like I could do the job. And so I, I rose to meet that job and I began working in a very intense ICU environment with doctors and nurses and majority of the people around me were college educated. And after about five or six years of working there um, and having just the support of people going, you're really smart, go to school, go to school. Like you can do this. I was working as a tech and they were like, go to school and, and get a degree. And so with that support and love and really having people be confident in me, I went into college and it was my first couple classes at community college at Rogue Community College, where I really had great teachers and got taught to holistically. And I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to bring education 
to people like they just they just completely changed my world with entry level math classes, entry level English classes. I mean, they were high school level classes I was taking, but I was being taught holistically in a way that made me so excited to learn, made me so excited to realize what my potential was. And I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this for other people. And so that really is where my teaching came from. It just came from good teaching. And so um my journey's kind of gone from there and I've, I've kind of found holistic education and I've found, um, you know, advocacy work and, and where that can all kind of blended together, but teaching kind of found me, but I also feel like it saved me in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, now I'm here today sitting with you. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. I, I, I love the idea that good teaching leads to teaching. Uh, I know so many teachers who will look back and remember a teacher or several teachers. So I think that's part of this connections that we are talking about here. Um, can you explain a little bit um, in your uh, education, the, the transition between being a student of education and being a teacher, um, going from the classroom to your classroom? I suppose. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about I, that? Yeah. And I think because, so my, I think junior year of my undergrad was 2020, right? That big 2020 year. And so it was a really interesting time to watch my cohorts and peers. We All of a sudden this conception about teaching got place where jumping in the deep end was the best way to go for teaching. And so I had a lot of um, peers who were getting restricted license and they were having full classrooms their junior year of their undergrad and and still continue to have people who are getting restricted license who haven't actually finished or, or just barely starting their program. And I watched that jumping into the deep end without any swim lessons, just like jumping into the classroom without a real connection to the theory was really hard. And I watched a lot of my friends, you know, you jump into that deep end and really need to be kind of saved a little bit. And I I took that and saw that in a way that like, okay, this theory stuff, this understanding, this really having a deep connection to what's happening is going to help me so much putting that into practice. And so I feel like it's really been the authentic experiences that I've had, which have been a lot through um, even just my stuff at the OEA and my conferences, the different kinds of um, experiences I've had through that, through my club and stuff like that have given me experiences that have allowed me to kind of understand the theory meaningfully, but then also kind of talk to people who are using in the real world. So I, I, I really think of theory and practice as like the bee and the flower. You can have either, but they won't go. They won't work without the other one. And so for me, I think it's, it's because what happens, I feel like a lot of my friends who are in the master's program or, or it, what happens with teaching is we're just busy and we're burnt out. And then it turns into just the, the practice part of it. And we're not connected to the theory or ongoing, having an ongoing relationship with the theory. And so I think it's, it's really kind of the perfect balance of both, I think is the way to go. I just don't know if that's always as practical for everybody, but I think mentoring has been the biggest thing for me that's helped me understand that is having people who can, who have been doing it and who continue to like have curiosity about practice kind of mentor to me how that goes. So I would say mentorship is probably the biggest for that connection to happen. That's 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 fascinating, and um, I like what you're saying about the fact it's not either theory or practice. That uh, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that it works best when 
they're both together. Um, and you don't do just one or the other. And that's where the mentoring works, the, the connections that you're making with other teachers. Um, I heard you speak about uh, holistic education before, and I know that you're very much involved in that down at SOU. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Of course. Um, and before, and I, I always like to start this off, and I should have started off earlier, I always like to say that I, Southern Oregon, and where I live is on the ancestral homelands of Shasta, Tacoma, and Laguala's people. That's the now called the Rogue River tribes, but um, that's the people's lands we were on that I'm currently residing on. And I always like to really understand the indigenous people that I'm around because holistic education has been so important to me and it's completely rooted and and a lot of the basis comes from um, Native American teaching practices and indigenous practices. So I always like to make sure that um, I don't always verbally acknowledge that, but acknowledge that through my work too. So all of my mm -hmm. lesson plannings and my interactions like this, I like to always put up front and forth, you know, how appreciative and how rooted in indigenous practices this all is. And then to get to what it is, what is holistic education? Um, I was trying so hard to write the perfect definition for you because it, I always want to have a <laughs> quick little sentence to describe it. But instead, what I, I was going to just read something from Ron Miller. Ron Miller has kind of been deemed um, the founder of holistic education in far of, of academic terms and, and kind of a, a published thinking of it. Um, and so what he says is um, he's conceived five levels of wholeness, the whole person, wholeness in the community, wholeness in society, a whole planet, the holistic cosmos. The foundation of holistic education pushes and requires educators to address wholeness in all aspects of themselves, their classroom, their community, and their planet. So I think that that's, those are big words and those, those are very big theory words, right? Like wholeness in yourself, wholeness in your community. But I think when we bring it to practice, what that looks like is being a teacher in a, a school community that's truly modeling the core values that we all want our classroom students to bring, right? Kindness, compassion towards our peers, towards the everyone working at the school, our, our school community. And so we can do that through how we interact the kind of things that we, um, the kind of things that we uphold with ourselves in the school community and the greater community, and you know those can just be through how we, you know, build those connections through small interactions. They don't have to be giant things. I think a lot of times people get scared about the idea of building connection in community because it seems overwhelming and we don't have time for that. But this can be done through daily interactions that take two to three minutes. This can be done through taking the time to be grateful and kind and looking into people's eyes. And, and so we can really do it on these lower levels. But um, I also think that when we're thinking of it as a teacher and I'm going to a student, it's bringing my, my whole self into the classroom and knowing that they're a whole student, kind of bringing us all to the same level and addressing them as a human, <laughs> as a whole human and not just a report card, not just a, a percentage and not just like a another number to get through the day. And so I think that's really the core of it. And though there's so many other definitions and other um, fractions of it, that's really the heart of it for me. So really with holistic education, it's not just one directional. It's not just a teacher educating a student, giving a set amount of information to the student, correct? 
And correct, um, it's the whole group, all of us together. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's the whole teacher, and it's the whole student. And uh, so tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, SOU is doing a lot of work with holistic education. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Could you speak to that a little bit? So some of the things, because I've been blessed to go to SOU for my whole um, undergrad and master's, I um, didn't realize some of the holistic practices until I spoke to other people in other programs. And some of the things I realized is that when we come into the classroom as um, pre-service teachers, our professors, we, we will sit in circles we will always start in with some kind of SEL check-in. I mean, almost every class you go to in the education department, SLU, starts off with some kind of check-in that allows you to be vulnerable with your classmates and your professor, allows the class to start off in connection, start off in with, um, hey, I hear you. Does anyone want to talk right now? If anything's happened in the community, it's immediately addressed. Hey, we, we know this has happened. Uh, we want to have a space here for this. We want to talk, maybe ask an open question that helps people kind of work with that problem. So that right alone, every time you walk into an SOU education classroom, you're almost always greeted as a human with social and emotional mm-hmm. needs first. And then on top of that, the curriculum, you know, they work through an, uh, a holistic lens as, you know, they want us to have a deep understanding of this. They don't want a a mile wide and an inch deep. They want you to have a real deep connection to what we're doing, to theory, to to culturally responsive teacher. Do you really understand what that means or are you checking a box? And so they're less concerned about if you've turned everything exactly on time and have met every, do you get it? Are you going to be able to put this into your classroom? And so I think that's really the approach that they take, the way they teach us a lot less direct teaching than other programs that I've been I've heard about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, you have actually started um, a a, um, a club, a student club. Uh, Can you tell us about that? Of course. Yeah. So there was the Holistic Teaching and Learning Center at Southern Oregon University that was started by professors that was really a group of professors trying to support each other in research and in um, practice of using holistic practices within the university pre-service area. Um, I started going to those meetings and just learning more about that during 2020 because we had so much free time and everything was a (laughs) Zoom link away. And um, I realized that this they were having this connection among the professors that was really supportive in their work, helping them really push themselves as professors, helping them have like a trusted place that was holding them accountable and holding them in a way that was helping them be professionally just better people and, and also like within the community. And I wanted that same kind of thing for the students. So myself and a couple other students started the Holistic and Teaching and Learning Club. We kind of stole the name. Um, and we started off with just building that connection within the ed program. We were coming back from 2020. No, people were skittish of each other. People hadn't been close to each other. So we started off with, just like our professor showed us, we started off with the SEL, with the human part. Hey, let's go on walks. Let's get to know each other. Let's normalize talking to each other. Let's normalize being vulnerable and normalize holding each other accountable. You know what? You've been really negative. How can we help you change that mindset to get you somewhere to go? So, you know, this sometimes this kind of place, this holistic world, people get the assumption that it's a, a lovey-dovey, nothing goes wrong, no one says anything bad, everyone's peace, love, and tie-dye. And though that is a part of it, it's also a place to be accountable. Hey, you know, how can we help you 
change this? How can we help you find a different path? And, and so I want to, the real work is there. The, the real, the real self reflection happens when you have a group that you feel trusted in, because then you can kind of do that work together. And so we started doing that. We just built this bigger and bigger, bigger core group of people that were like, wow, I feel this feels good to have a community of people. And then that just really branched out into advocacy work with the union. And that, you know, that really brought a whole nother level of, you know, finding out who we are, connecting with who we are, and then the power that a community can do together when they are connected and when they are being honest with each other. So it's been amazing. We have had so many, we recently just had a retreat where the whole group went for a whole weekend up to um, a beautiful lake, got two cabins and did, you know, did beautiful circles in the woods and just had this amazing bonding experience. And these are people that are going to go and teach in the classroom and for them to fill their cup in that way and to have that continual support is only going to benefit their students always as they're, as they're doing that for themselves. And, and I think that it's not just teachers that are still recuperating from the pandemic, it's definitely all the students too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not completely resolved uh, from that. We're still suffering the repercussions. And so this holistic, um, I like the checking in. I've spoken with um, many teachers here in Oregon who use that in the classroom. And uh, I, th- I think it's one way of building connections. Don't you? Don't you agree? with um yes and i think the way you do it too because you know i think it's some people don't always know how to facilitate that and there's nothing wrong with that that's not like an inherently thing you know how to do it's it can be awkward sometimes facilitating these different types of situations to help students feel safe and it's it's good there's so many resources you know you can type in holistic education sou and there'll be lots of resources but if you when you, when you have those check-ins that are really authentic and students really do feel like, okay, this is a real place where I can do that. As opposed, I have seen some like YouTube videos of like, and though I'm, I'm not opposed to any form. I do think that there's something about that authentic feeling that students can really pick up on with that check-in. Like my teacher really does care how I am. My, my friends really do care how I am. And there's something really powerful in that connection. And so it's all the, the, the entire student, the entire uh, teacher that are connecting, mm-hmm. probably in several ways, not just mm-hmm. in the content, not just in the curriculum uh, that's set, but also as, as people, as whole people. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like that. Um, so we talked about the fact that you're entering your second year uh, as a program, uh, what what are your plans? What are your goals as you make this transition uh, from student to teacher? Uh, how do you how do you <laughs> um, see it working? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am trying to make sure that I am listening a lot because I think this is a good time to listen. I have a lot of people. Um, I'm excited to be teamed up with some teachers at an outdoor school that I really respect. So I'm excited to listen to them and I'm excited to start taking some bigger steps, some steps of like, I've written a lot of lesson plans and I've, I've taught a couple, but taking the step of being like, okay, what does a full day look like? What does a full day look like as teaching? And, you know, also taking the steps of being really comfortable and normalizing feedback 
and real feedback, being comfortable with my, not only my, my, my professors and my, my teacher I'm assigned to, but my peers that I've, tr- that I've trusted. And I've really g- gained a really great, valuable relationship with in through that community, through the holistic teaching and learning club presenting, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Be honest. Do you guys think this was going to work? Having that honest, relationship with feedback that I realize that the feedback is not connected to me, but is, is, is helpful, right? If I, if someone gives me feedback, it's not because they don't like me. It's because they they love me and they want me to support forward. So I think that's probably the biggest area that I want to be um, strong in and really trying to understand because the rest of it really comes. I mean, I think the rest of it, but if I can stay, um, if I can stay focused on just staying really okay with feedback and staying really open to it and just listening I'm really excited for that part of and where that's going to go, because I I think running into the first year thinking I know everything and that I have really cool (laughs) websites and resources that I've gathered is wonderful and it does make me feel strong. However, I do know that the power of really listening to the people that have been in the position and how that really helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. What grade level do you see yourself teaching? I really enjoy them when they're about five, six, seventh grade. Um, I like a lot of social studies topics. I love the kind of the drama that comes with the, the, the preteen age. I think that it's just so fun to be human and we have so many big emotions. And I, I wish so badly that somebody would have been a little bit more accepting of that when I was that age. And I'm excited to be that for other students. And so the curriculum and also just the... Um, the development stage of it, I think, is um, wonderful and exciting, and I can't wait to be part of that. Oh, that sounds great, uh, especially given your background when you appreciated your own teachers when you were Ooh. becoming yourself, becoming your whole person. Uh, and that's one thing that we can do for students, I think. I, I like what you said about feedback, that um, if we can support students, even though we have to grade them, you know, mm-hmm. give feedback. And um, I, I like what you said, it's because we love them and we support them and we are encouraging them. And we know they can succeed. And it's a group effort too, isn't it? Um, so, so Mindy, um, we've covered a lot uh, here. Is there um, anything else you'd like to share with us um, that we haven't covered? I think I would just like to kind of end on it's I, I I want so badly for people, especially all of us just now getting into it us us first years to really not not lack or not not um, take lightly how important it is to have a community, how important it is to continue to fill your cup. And I think sometimes self-care, you know, we have a lot of social media and and stuff and self-care is kind of turned into a face mask or a bubble bath. And though I do think self-reflection and personal self-time is really important, I really know and I have watched myself and just so many of the people around me thrive because we finally have kind of let our walls down, let other people in and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, have a community. I'm going to have a group that I can feel that I can talk to, and I'm going to go on a hike with them. And I'm going to put a little bit of invest a little bit of time in creating some meaningful relationships around me. And the way that has transformed myself, my own well-being, how I am as a parent, how I am as a friend, how I am as a partner, and I know it's going to impact me greatly as a teacher. I just really hope that, 
you know, all of us first teachers can really start to lean into that and know that the power of the community, because I know it's so tempting to isolate and it's so tempting to try to do it all on our own. But I think the collective power is where the future is really going to is going to be bright is the, the more we can just kind of grab hands, you know, from our classrooms to our community, our school community to our greater community and then, you know, our state and bigger and bigger. But I, I really I encourage everyone to just be so open and excited to meet no people. You don't have to be besties with them. You don't have to text them every day, but just really having some nice relationships and meaningful relationships has changed my life in ways that I can never, I can never else express. (laughs) (laughs) So well, relationships and, and that's the whole key. I think you're saying that we're not, um, we're not just teachers. We're also students. Uh, we're not just in the classroom. We have our whole lives. Uh, we have our other relationships and we're part of the community. Um, I think you're right. It's not a static uh, position. And I, I think I think teachers in particular, it's not static. It's uh, we're everything all at once for our students. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, thank you. Thank you, Mindy, uh, for these insights. Uh, Uh, applicable for student teachers and teachers just now beginning and uh and more experienced educators because we're always learning aren't we i think i think i learn more in the classroom than i probably teach uh and thanks thanks to our listeners for joining us each week for new ways to support our students through these kind of connections that we can make or we can strengthen in our schools and our communities. Uh, Thank you all. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.